Hello, horror fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast. Oh, the horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at O-T-H at SeriouslyDecent.com. You can go to OhTheHorrorPodcast.com, our website, and check out our back catalog. You, you can. You can, turns out. You can pick your favorite platform. Yep. If it's not in there, email us at O-T-H at SeriouslyDecent.com. Yeah. Bell you, Witch. Uh, yeah. We're Bell yeah, Witching. Yeah, yeah. We're doing the... The more involved Bell Witch story. Episode 39. Yes. Creeping on 40. We're getting there, folks. We are, yeah. So. Yeah, the legend of the Bell Witch. Mm Mm-hmm. Old Tennessee. Yep. Remember that song by Arrested Development? Tennessee. Remember that? Mm. Had that beginning. Tennessee. Tennessee. No. I can't remember the words. No. But you know what? If I played it, I would sing it like like I knew it my whole life. Mm-hmm. 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 It's a good song. I'll take your word for it. I'd like to rest the development. They were fun. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. They're a good group. I watched them live. Go figure. Weird. Watched pretty much every group around that, uh, that time period live. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Those were the days. It would probably be... A uh, shorter list if you listed who you didn't. Who I didn't see. see. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, you know, if some are listening, they're going to shout the Grateful Dead. And they're right. Well, hey. I, I stand by it. They were shit then. Yeah. I'll say it. Yeah. The uh, late 80s, early 90s stuff. I didn't like them. And then I heard the, like, late 60s, early 70s dead. And I was like. This is what I'm talking about. You were like, screw this Touch of Grey shit. Yeah. Well, no, Touch of Grey's a good song. I like it. Yeah? Yeah. I like Touch of Grey and trucking and all that stuff. But yeah, the early, uh, late late 60s were, oh, it was nice. And they actually had a, uh, a special period there where musically they were really good. But also their sound crew and like everybody on there and just the the guy doing the mixing and stuff like that in the back mm-hmm. in the house it was just all perfect basically they that's where they attribute like the 69 cornell show is like the best show because all of it just kind of smashed together the, i'll take your word for the it. golden years i'll have to have you listen to it it's good stuff okay back to the bell witch in tennessee yeah how about that yeah what we're here for yes yeah yes 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 quite a story i didn't know much about the bell witch well I touched on it briefly in one of our previous episodes. Which? Witches? Uh, I think. What, I'm not sure if it was witches, ghosts, or poltergeists. Yeah, pick one. In one of them. Which we did all those. Witches, we did ghosts, we did and poltergeists. poltergeists. So Correct. if you haven't heard that, 
Check the back catalog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those were the OG episodes. Yeah. So, who, so what's your source? My source, source I have one source and kind of a, where I took a lot. It was the bellwitchcave.com, okay. which was basically their kind of site to advertise because it's a... Uh, it's a sightseeing tourist attraction. It is. It's a tourist destination. I have one source myself, and that is bellwitch.org. Gotcha. And I roamed around some others and just took a little piece here, a little piece there, my mm-hmm. usual deal. Got it. But, uh, yeah, pretty interesting story. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So. Y- you want to run with this or? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll uh, go for it. I'll plunge us in the deep end. Yeah. So the legend of the Bell Witch centers on the John Bell family of Red River, Tennessee, which is now Adams. Yeah. And the spiritual haunting they endured from 1817 through 1821. The early 1800s, this Tennessee haunting involved real people and places. No one has yet to solve or come close as to whether it was really a haunting, if it was, you know, a person or whatever. It's another one of those ones that uh, they, like, they say something might have happened. Yeah. You know, but it's so, that kind of... There's there's a lot of hearsay well, connected well, Yeah, we'll to get it. into that later. So these, dis- these distinctions led Dr. Nandor Fodor a noted lawyer turned parapsychologist to call the legend America's greatest ghost story. So let's fast forward 200 years and the bell, Witch legend is still making waves. Yeah. There's numerous bell, Witch books, several bell, Witch movies and documentaries. And there are always several more quote unquote in the works. Expedition so, uh, X on the discovery channel did a uh, thing there. Of course they did. Yeah. So regardless of whether the case's origin was spiritual or human, it remains an epic classic American haunting and a quote unquote who done it. So how'd this all start? So I'm going to give you just a little bit, for those who are interested, for a full account of the Bell Witch legend, North Carolina and Tennessee and Mississippi from the early 1800s to present day, including annotations, charts, footnotes, historical endnotes and discussions and other resources, um, you can get a signed personalized copy of the Bell Witch, the full account by Pat Fitzhugh. You can also get the book from Amazon and other retailers. Is that the book that everybody talks about? And if you have questions about the legend that are not answered at like this Bell Witch site or Mm. any of the other sites, you can ask the site's owner, um, 40 plus year Bell Witch researcher, Pat Fitzhugh, your questions about the the legend and he'll answer them. I heard uh, I heard some things about the book, too, which I'll touch on the end. But, well, I figured I'd throw that in there mm-hmm. for those who are interested. Well, yeah, because they basically everything I read on this, that's like the book. Well, I mean, the guy spent 40 plus years researching it. Yeah. So let's get into the story yeah. that would cause someone to spend 40 years plus of their life researching yeah. it. More of a pursuit than a... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I had to go all Princess Bride there. For those of you playing the drinking game, go ahead and drink. 
<laughs> In the early 1800s, John Bell moved his family from North Carolina to the Red River Bottomland in Robertson County, Tennessee, settling in the Red River community, which later became the present-day Adams, Tennessee. Bell purchased some land and a large house for his family. Over the next several years, he acquired more land, increasing his holdings to 328 acres, and he cleared a number of fields for planting. He also became an elder of the Red River Baptist Church. John and his wife, Lucy Bell, had three more children after moving to Tennessee. The Bells had a very happy and successful early life at the Red River Settlement. I heard he became the uh, the deacon there at the Red River Baptist Church. That's Cut-a. what I saw from uh, my source. Cutta. Yeah. Um, and then one day in 1817, John Bell was inspecting his cornfield when he encountered a strange-looking animal sitting in the middle of a corn row. Shocked by the appearance of this animal, which had the body of a dog and the head of a rabbit, Bell shot several times. The animal vanished. This was the first documented manifestation of the entity. Bell thought nothing more of the incident until after dinner. That evening, the family began hearing um, beating or rapping sounds on the outside walls of their log home. The mysterious sounds continued with increased frequency and force each night. Bell and his sons often hurried outside to catch the culprit, but always returned empty-handed. In the weeks that followed, the Bell children began waking up frightened, complaining that rats were gnawing at their bedposts, and not long after that, the children began complaining of having their bed covers pulled from them and their pillows tossed onto the floor by a seemingly invisible entity. As time passed, the bells began hearing faint whispering voices, which were too weak to be understood, but sounded like a feeble old woman singing hymns. The encounters escalated, and the bell's youngest daughter, Betsy Bell, began experiencing brutal encounters with the invisible entity. It would pull her hair and slap her relentlessly, often leaving welts and handprints on her face and body. Yeah, they also heard uh, like chains being drugged through the house, stones being dropped on wooden floors, and just these random like gulping and choking mm-hmm. sounds, which I have to ask, what would you find more disturbing out of this list? A rat gnawing on a bedpost, chains being drugged through the house, Stones being dropped on wooden floors, gulping and choking sounds. Which one would, which rats one would set first. you off? Yeah, you're not a rat fan. Hate rats. Yeah. Followed closely by the gulping noises. So out of the two, gulping or choking? I. Or is this all even for uh, you? They're even. Yeah. Yeah. I think out of that list. The gulping and choking sounds. If we, okay, if we want to get into uh, my wackadoo theory about that, well, no, we'll hit that later. But well, I'm my if you incorporate all of that aside from the sound of the rats gnawing on bedposts, yeah. If you want to go with the the theory that hauntings are a residual energy or it's a replay of a moment in time over and over again, Mm -hmm. that could very well be a 
a woman being choked by chains, which is how you would hear the chains on the floor, the gulping, the gasping. Yeah, I guess. Um, it, like I said, it accounts for most of it, mm-hmm. except for um, you know, the stones falling and the the gnawing. I mean, it could technically be, um, you know, fingernail scratching at a bedpost, you know, trying to grab a hold of something. What I found interesting about this too, because this is like the late summer of 1817, like through there where this is going, the house is only like 20 years old. Yeah. So like mostly, most of the time you hear these like crazy sounds, it's, it's in a, that's what I found interesting with this story is most of the time you hear these crazy sounds, it's because of an old house. Mm-hmm. And an old house, you can really come up with any kind of excuse yeah, that's but plausible. You don't, you don't know what happened 20 years ago. No, but what I'm getting at is is you can kind of take out the old house theory mm-hmm. and a house that was built, you know, 20 years ago. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I know the choking sounds. Like, would that do it for you? Yeah, because if I hear list? other, if I hear other noise, especially on a farm, I mean, you're just gonna hear a lot of crazy noises. It's just the way it is. You're outside, you know. You just got nothing around you. You got tons of, tons of animals. Because because you grew up on so many farms. Well, I grew up near farms. <laughs> I was a suburb boy, but the farm was, farms were fit ten minutes away. It's not like I was in you know, Brooklyn or something like that. Yeah, the choking, the gulping and choking sounds. That's where I'd be like, you know what? And we're done here. Maybe we need to take a couple <laughs> laps around and just check things out here. That would get me out of the chair. The rest of it wouldn't. <laughs> so the disturbances about which John Bell had vowed his family to secret. You should me. try that again. <laughs> the disturbances about which John Bell had vowed his family to secret, finally escalated to the point that his that he shared his quote-unquote family trouble with his closest friend and neighbor, James Johnston. And I can't help but think that Johnston... Now, did you have Johnston or Johnson? Johnston. Okay, I wonder if I spelled it wrong. Skeptical at first, Johnston and his wife spent the night at the Bell home, and things began peacefully, but once they retired for the evening, they were subjected to the same terrifying disturbances that the Bells had been experiencing. After their bed covers were yanked off and James was slapped, he sprang out of bed exclaiming, In the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? The entity did not respond. However, the rest of the night was peaceful. The next morning, Mr. Johnston explained to the Bells, that the culprit was likely an evil spirit, the kind that the the Bible talks about. Mm. So the entity's voice strengthened over time and became loud and unmistakable. It sang hymns, quoted scripture, carried on intelligent conversation, and once even quoted word for word two sermons that were preached at the same time on the same day, 13 miles apart. Word of the supernatural phenomena soon spread uh, outside the settlement, even to Nashville, where then-Major General Andrew Jackson became interested in the so-called Bell Witch. Mm -hmm. So John Bell Jr., along with his brothers Drury Bell and Jesse Bell, had fought under General Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans. A few years later, in 1819, Jackson heard about the disturbances at the Bell home and decided to pay a visit and investigate. As Jackson's entourage, consisting of several men, 
well-groomed horses and a large wagon approached the Bell property, the wagon jolted to a sudden stop. It had become stuck in a muddy creek bed, and the horses were unable to pull it. At least, that's what the men thought. After several minutes of cursing and trying to coax the horses into pulling the wagon, Jackson proclaimed, By the eternal boys, that must be the Bell Witch. Was it just like that? Correct. Okay. Yep. That's exactly what he sounds like. End quote. Yes. <laughs> then... Suddenly, a dismembered female voice told Jackson that they could proceed and that she would see them again later that evening. They were then able to proceed across the property, up the lane, into the bell home. That evening, Jackson told old war stories while his entourage set up their tents in John and Lucy Bell's yard. One of the men claimed to be a quote-unquote witch tamer. After several uneventful hours, he pulled out a shiny pistol and proclaimed that its silver bullet would kill any evil spirit that it came into contact with. He went on to say that the reason nothing had happened to them was because whatever had been haunting the bells was scared of his silver bullet. Mm. Immediately, the man screamed and began jerking his body in different directions, complaining that he was being stuck with pins and beaten severely. A strong, swift kick to the man's posterior region, I can only assume was his ass, yeah. from an invisible foot sent him out the front door. Angry, the entity spoke up and announced that there was yet another fraud in Jackson's party and that she would identify him the following evening. Now terrified, Jackson's men begged to leave the Bell Farm. Jackson insisted on staying as he wanted to know who the other fraud was. The men eventually went outside to sleep in their tents while continuously begging Jackson to leave. What happened next is not clear, but Jackson and his entourage were spotted in nearby Springfield early the next morning going back to Nashville. Some alleged that Jackson later proclaimed, I would rather fight the British at New Orleans than fight the Bell Witch. Really? But, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So this entity had expressed extreme disdain for John Bell and was relentlessly vowing to kill him. Had it out for him. Bell had been experiencing episodes of twitching in his face and difficulty swallowing for almost a year, and the malady grew worse with time. Hmm. By the fall of 1820, his declining health had confined him to the house where the malicious entity continuously removed his shoes when he tried to walk, slapped his face, and when he recovered from his numerous seizures, her shrill voice was heard all over the farm, cursing and chastising old Jack Bell, the name she had given him. John Bell breathed his last breath on the morning of December 20th, 1820, after slipping into a coma a day earlier. Immediately after his death, his family found a vial of strange black liquid in the cupboard. John Jr. sprinkled two drops on the cat's tongue. The cat jumped into the air, rolled over in midair, and was dead when it hit the floor. The entity then exclaimed, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. John Jr. tossed the mysterious vial into the fireplace. It burst into a bright blue flame and shot up the chimney. John Bell's funeral was one of the largest ever held in Robertson County, Tennessee. People attended from miles away, and three peach, uh, preachers, two Methodist, one Baptist, eulogized him. As the crowd of mourners began leaving the graveyard, the Bell Witch entity laughed 
and sang a song about a bottle of brandy. Her fervent singing didn't stop until the last mourner had left the graveyard. The entity's present was almost non-existent after John Bell's demise, as though it had fulfilled its purpose. <clears throat> so let's get back to Betsy Bell, who at one time had been, she had been the entity's focal point or mm-hmm. the entity's person. And she had become interested in Josh Gardner, who was a young man who lived nearby with um, the blessings of their parents they decided to marry. And everyone was happy about their engagement except for the Bell Witch, the Bell Witch, who repeatedly ordered Betsy not to marry uh, Joshua. Yeah. Ultimately uh, splitting them up. Yep. Right. Betsy and Joshua's former school teacher, Professor Richard Powell, had been noticeably interested in Betsy for some time and had expressed interest in marrying her when she became older. By some accounts, Powell, who was 11 years Betsy's senior, was a student of the occult, ventriloquism, a mathematical genius, and well-versed in horticulture and geology. The package. He, Yeah, but it's that... A student of the occult and ventriloquism Mm. that leads me to believe if you if you want to circle the wagons, if you build it, they will come. Could be he was the bell witch. He was secretly married to a woman in nearby Nashville, Esther Scott, and during the time he lived and taught at Red River and perceived as a happy-go-lucky bachelor and expressed his unwavering fondness for Betsy Bell. So he was already married at the whole time. He was like, ah, she's the best. Mm -hmm. And I find it interesting that uh, as soon as Betsy and Josh break off the engagement, all of a sudden, I don't know. Well, I heard also that once... uh once they broke off the engagement, that was March of 1821. Yeah. The the engagement Betsy broke with Joshua Gardner. This had Easter Monday of 1821. So she, she did, re, uh, she bid everyone farewell and promised to return in seven years. Uh, and yeah, they claimed she, that she returned she in, 1828 return in 1828 for a few, for a few short weeks. And I guess uh, during the visit, she came to the home of John Bell Jr. And yes. had long talks with him about the past, the present, yep. and the future. Civilizations, Christianity, the need, the need for a major spiritual reawakening. Yeah. And she also had um, predictions of the Civil War and other major events. Some of the, some of those events she didn't get right, but she apparently. I think got it's some with of any them. of those things where yeah. some of them are right, a lot of them are wrong. Well, Nostradamus yeah. is a big one for that. Everybody's like, "Oh, you know, he predicted everything." It's like, no, he predicted like a handful of things. Yeah, and that's where it's just law of averages. If I sit there and boldly say like eighty things are going to happen, mm-hmm. and five of them work out, that doesn't make me a, a prophet. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. Are you sure? I don't know. If, Are you sure that's not how that works? Because I'm doing more than five lately. Yeah. So I got the touch. <laughs> I got the power. Yeah. No. Do you I, know. But yeah. So she she did that, and then uh, she never said what the reason was for killing John Bell. No. Never ever 
gave that out. And But the entity bade farewell after three weeks, promising to visit John Bell's most direct descendant in 107 years. Yeah. That would have been the year 1935, mm-hmm. and the closest living direct descendant at the time was Nashville physician Dr. Charles Bailey Bell, a neurologist, and John Bell Sr.'s great-grandson. Mm. In 1934, Dr. Bell published a book about the Bell Witch, likely to raise awareness of the spirit's impending return. Yeah. The book contains the first-ever account of the alleged conferences between the entity and John Bell Jr. in 1828. The author's father, Dr. Joel Thomas Bell, had allegedly taken notes during the conferences and upon his death passed them down to Dr. Charles Bailey Bell. Mm -hmm. Dr. Bell published no follow-up to his 1934 book. He died in 1945 and is buried at Bellwood Cemetery in Adams, Tennessee. So it would be safe to say nothing happened. So did the Bell Witch return in 1935 as promised? Some say she did not return or that if she did, they were not aware of it. But many say she never left the place to begin with, which leads us back to... Was this really a thing? A thing. Yeah, because this is the meat and potatoes of the whole story. Right. Because, like, even... um... So I've given you a couple of my theories Mm -hmm. that the sounds could have been the sounds of someone, Mm. you know, like... A loop of energy. Right, yeah. Yeah. You know, just playing on repeat. Like a hip-hop sample. (laughs) Yes, exactly that. But I think the most likely is the Professor Richard Powell, who was a student of the occult and ventriloquism. And I think it's worth including that he was a mathematical genius because he could have used that in some way, shape or form to help with whatever it was he was doing. But it doesn't account for how John Bell Sr. was poisoned. Well, there's John Bell poison, and then the weird thing that I always kind of circle back with on this whole thing is the animals that they see. They would see animals with, like, red eyes, stuff like that. So I I actually watched a couple of clips. I didn't watch the whole thing because I had to pay for it. I wasn't going (laughs) to – I didn't want to expense it. The Expedition X on Discovery Channel. Uh-huh. And I forget the name of the two. It's the dude and his girlfriend or wife or whatever. Mm-hmm. You've seen them, I'm pretty sure. And they go out there and they got all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Cameras. Lights, camera action. Yeah. You know, just the uh, the meters. Did they have the, were they doing the voice recordings? Were they, were they trying to antagonize oh, yeah. the spirit? Well, no, not antagonized from what I was watching, but what was funny was this, and you're going to laugh at this because we both have experience in these environments. So they're walking around, and they found the they found the stone of, like, where he was buried or, mm-hmm. like, some monument. It's in the woods, the stone for Bell. But he was buried in the cemetery. Well, no, they got, like, this marker in the woods. Okay. They say that this is, like, a haunted marker or something. You go at this marker and you're going to hear stuff. So 
they're driving, they're driving there, and everything's fine. It's the typical intro to these type of shows where they're like, "Oh, we're we, on our way." We hope we get this. We hope we get that. And he plays the skeptical, and she's the you know the sensitive, the believer. Her, yeah. Oh, know. I can already feel the change in the atmosphere. <laughs> the closer we she's got. not that. She's not. She's not that. Woo-woo. She's not. No, she's okay. not that bad. She's not all kind of crystalled up, you know. But the. Uh, so they get there, and right when they found the stone, they they were separated around. Of course, it's dark. You know, they're of not course. doing it during the day. No. You know, and um, they got their flashlights going and all that, and and they find the marker. And right when they find the marker, they hear a noise. Now the thing is, is like I'm looking around, and they're in the middle of the woods. They're in the middle of the woods. There's not like <laughs> leaves all over. It's not like fall because it's get Tennessee. Leaves. But, yeah, but it's. Like, <laughs> I got to laugh when people go out in the woods and they hear <laughs> something, a noise. It's like, no shit, Sherlock. Of course you're going to hear a fucking noise in the woods. Could be anything. It's at night. You're wrestling about. You're walking around all over the place. Animals are just trying to sleep and you're going off. You Squirrels know. throwing nuts. Oh, yeah. I mean, trying it's to just, sleep up here. Well, and that's the thing, like out in those type of situations, like a chipmunk, just a tiny chipmunk or even like a little like mole or a little mouse. Yeah, it's going to sound like can be, a wolf. Well, not, yeah. yeah, but just sound loud, yeah. you know. And, and so that set them off. And they're, you know, oh, my God. So then they get to this. But were there tree knocks? No, because they weren't it looking wasn't for Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Okay. Different show. Right. So, so then they go off, uh, somehow they end up in this cornfield and I got to laugh now cause this Are is they the environment we're going to talk about. The dog with the rabbit head. They were looking for the, just some, anything at this okay. point, you know? Yeah. So she's got the, uh, the ghost machine there where it goes through all the, uh, frequencies, you know, ghost faces <laughs> where, where it goes through like the all, EMF. Yeah. It's, it's like the ghost radio things where it just. Right. Hunts frequencies looking for anything, you know. And uh, she's looking through on that. And then, of course, they heard a noise in a cornfield. Shocker. Shocker. Right? In the middle of the you night. You never hear anything in the In the middle of the night. Field. It could be a rabbit. It could be a mouse. It could be a, a dog. The wind. It could be a koi dog. Exactly. It could be the wind. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. A, and, I mean, it's like full-fledged cornfield. Yeah. It's not like yeah. a sporadic, like hokey doke type. Of, it's full fledged, like yeah. you know, it's a it's an enterprise uh, corn cornfield, and uh, yeah, and then it's just oh, I heard noises, and then of course, right when they hear the noise, then something it's that whoop, 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 whoop. no, it's just <laughs> something. Off on no, their, uh, no it just no, it wasn't an alarm. It just like a noise came out of the. The thing's scrolling through because it's just static. Right, yeah. And then all of a sudden you just hear this little noise. Now, I got a theory, and this is something where, guess what, folks? I'm going to order this shit. This is where where I end up. I end up ordering all the, I'm going to order all this crap. Mm -hmm. Because I have a theory that if you project a certain amount of energy. Yes. It might register on that thing. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. I've never used one. This is where me. Is the, that is that why we're gonna buy it? We're gonna find out. Well, no, we're doing a whole segment of the show and all that stuff. And if we don't have that crap for the show, nobody's gonna watch it. True, true story. You gotta have the gadget. You gotta look professional, even though I'm gonna take a shit on it every time I'm using it. But you know, because I'm gonna hear a noise, I'm gonna be like, "Do you hear that? It says Did Tim you Hortons." <laughs> you know, let's get coffee. 
you know. I mean, I wouldn't be averse. To that. <laughs> but this ghost hunt. But then they go through to you by Tim Horton. You know, and they got the they got the noise, and then they pull out the infrared camera, and there's nothing there. But they they're insistent that it's like ten feet, ten yards away from them. Let me guess, and just beyond the range of their infrared. Well, they no, they just said they couldn't see anything there, and uh-huh. you know, so it's just it's it's that stuff. But I read a review of someone that watched that episode, went on to it a little further, and they were also kind of busting on. Uh, they also read the book that you mentioned earlier, right? And they were kind of taking a, a steamy pile on that. They were okay. saying basically, like most of this stuff in the nineteenth century, right. You, it's looking more like 90, 90%, 80% BS and maybe 10% actual story. Well, let's and, be honest. This happened in the 1800s, so mm-hmm. there isn't going to be any quote-unquote evidence. It's just going to be a bunch of hearsay. It's but just they also be... say that, like, all the evidence, the you know, all this, like, documented evidence that everybody talks about with all this, right. apparently it vanished. So there are no annotations, charts, footnotes, historical endnotes in discussions. I don't know about the book, and I want to okay. read. I I was after what you know doing this and everything. I I want to read the book because I don't want to take a steamy pile and just walk away. Right. So this okay. is something where I'm probably going to order the book. Okay. I'll read it in a couple days, mm-hmm. and we'll just track it later on a future episode. Like, right. hey, I read the book. Hey guys, follow up. Yeah. So don't buy the book yet. Right. I'll I'll okay. do that. I'll do the heavy lifting. Okay. But Fair. but yeah, that's where they were saying that a lot of the documented evidence and stuff vanished and they were saying that basically this like book is possibly a pure fabrication of the author, which let's be honest, pretty much every book made is a fabrication has, of the author. Has some sort of goal of making a lot of money. And right. you can't sell boring. Boring doesn't sell. Correct. Which is why I don't know why our podcast is doing so well. <laughs> but that's a whole separate topic. It's a whole separate topic. Because <laughs> we didn't write it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. You know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, a, it's not a book. No, it's not. It's just us. It's just us winging it. Throwing shit back and forth, and yeah. we're just we're just waiting to see Which what sticks. still makes me wonder why we're still doing well <laughs> as a podcast. However, even the um, that's who it is on Expedition X. I, I don't even have it in my notes. I pulled it off right out of the gray matter. Josh Gates is the guy. Whoa! And uh, I forget who his girlfriend or wife or or partner on the show. Can we is. call her Susie Buttons? But. No, that's my GPS navigator's voice. Yes. That's uh, Susie Buttons tells you to turn left. And then when she gets mad and she's like, turn around. I'm like, fuck you, Susie Buttons. But, True story. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, now I got the Waze one and I got Cookie Monster, my spirit animal. Yes. You know, yes. And that is by far the best instructions you can get yes. for a GPS with Cookie Monster. It's just perfect. Anyways, he was saying that he couldn't even prove that Andrew Jackson was actually part of the story. 
This is how far it's gotten with oh, the whole Bell Witch thing. Like, I don't doubt that like at all. Like, people are just sitting there saying that even this Andrew Jackson claim, which everybody's... You know who else is there? Lincoln! <laughs> <laughs> you know who else is there? Vlad. A Vlad Dracul? Yeah, yeah. All the way from uh, yeah. Wallachia? Yeah, yeah. Or was that... Uh... Elizabeth yeah, Bathory. He, he flew was, the Concorde uh, over then, you know. Yeah. People are like, what's a Concorde? That's that's dating me, sorry. But basically, yeah, like the book, there were there were some people that were saying that it's just a, a big work of, of fiction. Okay. I think personally, I think like especially when we had our place out in the country before we moved out here, we had all those koi dogs. The Vort. That's those koi dogs are weird. They are, because I use that's when I used to smoke, mm -hmm. and I would go out in the back and smoke cigarettes, and you'd be in there watching TV or whatever. Yeah, and you'd see some weird stuff because I had the backlight on. Yep. And sometimes you just get a glimmer of something, and it'd be like two eyes. Right. Sometimes they look red. Sometimes they look orange. Sometimes they look a little yellow. Right. Just depends on how the light's hitting it. Right. And. When you first see that, even though I know exactly what it is, mm -hmm. that first, just that first glimpse, it's weird. What the fuck? Yeah, it's it's really yeah. weird, you know. And then, yeah. let alone you have a couple of them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the the dog and rabbit thing, I don't I don't know what to make of that. And that's from maybe Bell. he saw a jackalope. That's Bell himself. Yeah, but okay, let's dissect this a little. Mm. From what we have in the story, it sounds like old man Pabell yeah. is having seizures, at least at some point, mm -hmm. when he's supposedly being antagonized by the spirit. This was the next part of the bit I was going to get into. Oh, well then, let me yeah. not steal your thunder. Well, no, that's fine, but the I think ultimately my whole take on this from what I've read and mm -hmm. perused all around through, minus the book. Mm -hmm. I'm still on the fence until the book. Right. But this is my this is my deal pre-book. Okay. Pre-book reading. Yeah. I think he had some health problems. Definitely. I think he had some health issues going on. Yes. And he might have misinterpreted things that he saw. Or he could have been so sick he could have hallucinated what he saw well no that's what i'm saying yeah. i think he misinterpreted some things that he saw or just flat out hallucinations as yeah. you're saying yep and that was enough so it could also be possible that he himself uh drank that black liquid it's possible that's where i was getting at yeah it was enough to manifest this idea for everyone else to buy into it yep now you have the kids that had stuff going on with them and kids can, I mean, they got no filter mm -hmm. for an imagination. Mm -hmm. They're just basically this giant, like, gushing pipe of imagination. Right. You could just, I, I remember being a little kid, and I remember I was convinced that there was a monster in my closet. I was convinced of it. Mm -hmm. And at times, I was sure as shit I saw it. You know, the What'd imagination, like? oh, terrible, just like beastly. Like, I couldn't really see it, but it was like a dark image mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Like, almost like a, a shadow, but kind of in, in the middle of a shadow and like a dark 
being, you know, okay. just like, yep. and I could see the eyes and the, just the whole thing and, mm-hmm. oh, scare the hell out of me. I would scream, scream the top of my lungs out. Parents come running in the whole time and then I needed a nightlight. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't sleep without a nightlight. Yeah. And the nightlight worked until we watched The Fog <laughs> because the nightlight was a kind of like reddish, orangish color. Yeah. And it would shine up on the ceiling. Yep. And then I watched The Fog. Which I can't believe I was watching that. Yeah, I can't I, believe your parents let you watch that. Yeah, well, that gets back to, that's a whole nother podcast of things that I saw as a kid. That you really shouldn't have seen? Well, yeah, but that's why I get um, into the genre and all that stuff mm-hmm. now. Because, I mean, I was just a little kid watching it. Mm-hmm. It makes sense for a lot of things that I went through. But, but yeah, not that I blame it on anything. But, but the weird part was I watched The Fog and then... I'm in bed and the nightlight's there. Now I got to catch 22 because the fog's coming in my house. Right. The fog's in my room. Via the nightlight. You know, well, the nightlight to me was the fog. Like, it was the beginning part of when the fog would come in. So I'd start screaming and hollering. So my dad, you know him, just pulls the nightlight out. Oh, problem solved. Yep. Well, now I got the fucking monster Monster in the goddamn closet. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. So what now I'm screaming about the monster. I want the I want the nightlight back in. So I put the heat. I have to admit, he's a trooper. Puts the nightlight back in. Now you got the fog again. Then I'm screaming about the fog. So then there was the conference in my room. <laughs> okay. My mom and dad are in there to just basically say, like, look, it's just the light. Yes. And in here is the closet. And I'm like, don't open that damn door. You know, I just go. <laughs> don't open it. Yeah. He'll yeah. eat you. <laughs> and, uh, and I wonder now, like as an adult and reading a lot of this stuff, I wonder if that is something that was there of another, you know, like I've told you this, especially the last couple of weeks. Like, I, I don't know if I have like a sensitive type. You know, I don't know if I could be declared sensitive. I guess that's the term. Mm-hmm. It's my ignorance coming out mm-hmm. full pipe. You mean However, sensitive to the supernatural, not yeah. sensitive as a person. Because I oh, can no, say we all know. sensitive <laughs> as a person. Mm, I put on a good show. Not so much. I put on a good show. <laughs> you, you do. I really you do. do but you go through all of the proper moves. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like you have it's like you have a checklist. Um, it's not as robotic though. They're there. No, no. <laughs> Here's my checklist. Great warm greeting. Hey. Step two, <laughs> make sure keep good eye contact. You yes. know, yeah. Yes. It's, yes. But it's not as robotic, you no. know, but I yeah. do have a, uh, I have a shtick. Yeah. That I go If through. anyone's ever watched, yeah. well, apparently everyone's watched Big Bang Theory when Sheldon does a hug and the they're there. Yeah, I bet. It's pretty accurate. I'm not a Sheldon, though. Right? You have tendencies. Well, yeah, I have tendencies, but I also, you know, I'm a lot loose. You're, than, yes, than that. yes. You However, are. yeah, I always wondered, because, yeah, there's things that I've gone through in life and I look back at and I'm like, oh, I don't know what that, I can't really, I can't really put a lid on that one. 
You know, mm-hmm. like the skeptic and me being a skeptic on my life now mm-hmm. at an older age, I look back and it's like, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened there. I read people well. Yes. Which is a, something I've had my whole life. Just Same-sies. read people really well. Mm-hmm. I only need 30 seconds or less. Mm-hmm. And I've got a pretty good gist of a yes. person. You and I also know read a we're room in an age really well. Oh, I can read a room in a snap of a finger. Mm-hmm. I know from the moment I walk in there, whether it's a nice, positive, <laughs> or negative, bad. Mm-hmm. Do we have to run away? Where yeah. we run away to? You know, yeah, yeah. I, I'm. That's my, that's my superpower. Yes, right there. it is. But I also look at some of that stuff, and I, I ask myself now. Especially, I'd have to say, within the last like month or so, mm-hmm. there's just some things, and I think I'd like to talk about it on future podcasts at okay. some point. I'm still trying to grasp some of the stuff, but there's there's some things that happen where I really can't, I don't know what the hell happened. So, are you saying, like, I know, or could you be implying that all those times when you're like, it? never happened to me I it's under seen debate it. no it's under debate now by okay. me yeah all right because here's the weird part it might not be just one thing like i'm looking back and i'm seeing many it generally things. isn't you know. just one thing yeah as someone who for a time thought they themselves was haunted um yeah it's never just one thing see but i don't feel anything to that regard I and again, I gotta tell kinda... you, from my perspective, mm. one, I wouldn't have been shocked by any of this. I have had something say my name, and I know it wasn't anyone in my family because my family all calls me Jen. And this name, Jennifer. no, it was Jennifer. Jennifer, you hear that? Yes, I yeah. heard that. Okay. Smart ass. Wow. But I've seen them. I've heard them. I've experienced the poltergeist activity. Mm-hmm. And I will say the times it was the most prevalent were those times when I was under the most stress. Yeah. And well, when think, I'm not stressed, yeah. generally... I think stress has... A lot to do with it. Oh, I think it's the massive... And that's like all problems in general. Right, but in our research from ghosts and poltergeist, mm-hmm. poltergeist ex- especially yeah. feed off of negative energies. And mm-hmm. the times when it was the most active was... With my ex husband, uh-huh. granted, his house was the oldest surviving structure on that road and was at one point a hotel. Yeah. Um, there were multiple entities there. I saw an old man, a young boy, and I believe there was a young girl there as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was. The first time with, like, legit poltergeist activity, like, things 
flying off the wall or yeah, the typical, cupboard doors Typical opening. noisy poltergeist. Um, yeah. Well, and they say, I was just reading a book. I forget the title of it. That was the one I've been reading the last few days. Mm-hmm. And they were basically saying that pretty much like 95% and up, any kind of poltergeist activity is a child spirit or a older spirit that just is not mature. Mm-hmm. They just do mm-hmm. immature things. Yeah. Yeah. It's immature stuff. Yeah. Whether it's just knocking stuff over. Yeah. And they say that basically most of it is just harmless. Yeah. It's just harmless, immature stuff. Yeah. You know, they say basically like what would a four-year-old do that would think would be funny? And that's what most poltergeist activity is. Well, it's funny because the little boy. So that's who- how a lot of demonologists diagnose it. That's, okay. Yeah, out of the two two big books that I read, and I mean there was heavy reading of mm-hmm. demonology. Yeah. Or demonologists. And basically they were saying that's how they diagnose a poltergeist activity. As okay. if it's just a bunch of harmless, like childish stuff. Like knocking over that can. You know, Got or it. knocking over that bottle. Or just like moving this off mm-hmm. the table, this tissue box or whatever. They say that's basically they're already in like poltergeist mode of diagnosing that. Okay. It's, it's fair. It's your standard. You know, it's your standard class A poltergeist haunting. You know, yeah, no. And that's if it starts turning dark and mm-hmm. real malicious, like tries to hurt you and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's when they'll start going into more of the demon, demon. type of arena yeah. of diagnosis for something like that. Because I got to tell you. Um, but they say if you have a poltergeist in your home, most demon out like the, a lot of the, because I mean, again, I've been telling you, you know, this is like a topic that I'm just yes. infatuated with. I can't stop reading enough about it ever since we did demonologists yes. and before that. Yeah. I mean, I've been just reading and reading over it. They basically say, if you got a poltergeist, and this is for people listening, if they have this on here, I'll just pass this off as advice from them, from what I've read, that if you just have a, a, a poltergeist activity of something knocking off the walls or things moving or they hide your keys, mm-hmm. you know, they move your shampoo over from one side over to the right. shower and yeah. stuff like that, you don't have to worry about it. Right. Don't give it the energy. Try not to. Right. But- you also don't have to be afraid of it. It's not going to hurt you. Right. Now, they do say that if you start giving it the attention it craves. Yes. This is where it can morph into something or Other, not. Yes. Or not. Yes. It could be the same. Mm-hmm. That's that's basically how they, they progress in diagnosis stuff. At the end of the day, I get where... This goes back to what we were talking about. If you give it the attention right. and you if give you, it the, yeah. and that's where I look it. at it. So going back to my whole idea of the bell witch thing here, yeah. I think this guy had some medical problems. Definitely. He had some stuff going on upstairs. Mm-hmm. He had some form of a hallucination or just a belief on his part Yes, that this stuff was happening. Yes. I think maybe he knew he was confronting death and didn't know how to handle it. Possible. And this might have been a avenue of just basically accepting death a little easier mm-hmm. to blame someone else or blame a thing mm-hmm. 
versus just getting old and falling apart and that type right. of stuff. Or again, just losing your scruples. Mm-hmm. You're just going to be unpredictable. I remember that with my great grandmother and I had these real vivid memories of my great grandmother and because I saw her just like towards the end of when, you know, she would be normal, quote mm-hmm. unquote. And that was literally only from what I can recollect two years tops. Right. And then there was just this 10 years of just the disintegration mm-hmm. of her mind. And yeah. she would just, you know, she would point at things. She'd talk to things. She'd right. all this type of stuff. And it got to a point where, I mean, my mom and dad, you know, no one, she was just too much. She needed 24 right. yeah. hour care. And that's when they, they put her in the at, the, at the residency. Yeah. And, and, you know, basically I remember going and visiting a few times, but it was just, it was just tough. Like. Yeah. I'm sitting there, I walk in, and she doesn't even recognize my mom, who's her granddaughter. Yeah. What the hell am I going to be there for? And that's a weird thing. I feel for I feel for families that are going through that. It's tough. Yeah. It's really, really tough. It's a long haul, and it's just, it wears you down. Really wears you down. But I could see this situation where he's maybe like the, the head of the household. Yep. As far as guidance, because he was the deacon at the church. So obviously he's this um, really just kind of leading figure in the house. And if he starts going, I could see where yeah. the fallout would be. Yeah. And uh, you have kids with a lot of imagination, mm-hmm. spurs on this whole thing. Now what makes this interesting for me is the neighbor. The neighbor yeah. comes over and gets to see all that stuff. Now I'll play the skeptic and I'll play the believer the skeptic could say maybe he was just saying that to humor him because he knows something's up with him. Yeah. But you think he'd confess that at some point. But the neighbor here is kind of the, that's the wedge for me where I have a hard time going totally against it. And that's where I think it's a lot of these stories where I think it's like 80% bullshit, 20% content. Well, it's like the conspiracy theories. They all start with a kernel of truth. Mm -hmm. So there, well, most of them. Well, I mean, there's some that there's are just something. fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you know. No, but it's a weird story. It definitely it's pressing me to to get the book, and and read about that, and just get a more educated opinion. Right. On yeah. this, and what's also weird is that the oh, what was it? The movie in American Haunting, and the Blair Witch were inspired. From the Bell Witch. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Which the Blair Witch I get. I guess, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you think about it. When that came out, that was fucking huge. It was massive. I remember it being huge, and then I watched it. Oh, yeah. And, and I was, was like. It was total shit. What? Yeah. Did, well, and then I was like, did I get the right version? Would they have, like, a, uh, they had a budget of, what, like, 20 grand? Something like that. It, it, yeah. It, it was which, like one of the cheapest movies. When you movies. watch it, you're like, clearly. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember. If I'm being honest, yeah. I blame Blair Witch for the shitty uh, cinematography that we now have. That oh, no. shaky freaking camera. Yeah. No, it's it was like, the first seriously? one. Yeah, it was, it was. Seriously. It was one of the first ones of that. But, but Blair Witch, I will give credit 
they were the first of the found footage thing. And that's what made Blair Witch popular. Like people yeah. that are, say, younger younger people now that would look at Blair Witch and be like, because I think it also just shows the way a person's wired. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think just a viewing of the Blair Witch and someone's response to that tells you everything you ever need to know about that person. Okay. If they're freaked out over Bell, you know, or the Blair, Blair Witch, Witch. <laughs> you're most likely going to fucking believe anything and everything you see. Yeah. And then you have yeah. the other one that's like, this is fucking stupid. They're the ones that are just like, you know what? That person needs a lot to sway them to something. Yeah. I think I think Blair Witch is a great like litmus test for that type Got of someone behavior. new to your group? Not quite sure how you should feel about them? <laughs> Submit them to the Blair Witch test. Yeah, you know. Then you too can can But at weed that out time, the, the wackadoo. You know, it's kind of like the War of the Worlds radio show okay, when that yeah. came out. Yeah. That's where I look at Blair Witch. Okay. But not as much as the War of the Worlds radio show. And for those that don't know that basically the War of the Worlds they did a radio show. When yeah. the when the hell was that? Uh, I think it was like um, wait, nineteen thirty eight. Yeah, I was gonna. I wanted to say forty, but... and it was no, but it was the day before Halloween. It was yes. October thirtieth. Yes. And uh, basically, at that point, that's all they had was radio. Yep. Everyone would listen to radio, yep. and basically, the War of the Worlds. This show comes on. And it's crazy the way it's written because it's written like breaking news, yes. all that stuff. Yes. So what happened was then, because I remember my uh, my family, my great-grandparents, because they were here in the States for a few years mm-hmm. with this. And I remember my great-grandfather telling me about that and when that right. happened. And basically he was helping my ignorance with it because I didn't understand how radio was back then. And right, all that. yeah. Basically, you just turned on the radio and you were listening to whatever the hell was on. Right. And you didn't really know. And there was a lot of people that that thought, and I mean a lot of people, like it was in the the newspapers the next day. Right. That just yep. basically people were freaking out and they thought that there we was literally- invaded an, by an, aliens. Yeah, an invasion by aliens. Yeah. And I think Blair Witch brought that whole thing with the found footage. Right. Because there was a lot of people that were like, dude, that's real. It, it really happened. You know, that was found footage. Like, yeah. that was, the movie was the found footage part. Right. You know, yeah. and and it wasn't, uh, and then, you know, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. They they invented that whole type of genre of found footage stuff. But did we really need it? No, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> but the fact is, I give props where props do, you know. Right. they They're the ones that really opened the door with it. The uh, the one thing, <laughs> speaking of War of the Worlds, so NASA back in, oh, let's see, September, early September. It was like the first week of September. They're doing this whole interview or something like that. And it was with um, basically the Senate is looking. I'll never want to get into politics, but this was the one time I, I don't mind bringing politics up because it fits for our niche here. So the Senate was going to take up a issue of restarting a, uh, a Pentagon program that was like shuttered. And it's uh, to look at the unidentified aerial phenomena mm-hmm. that's going up in, in the sky and whatnot. But uh, NASA says that they're not ready. So they got they were asked point blank, 
They were like, does NASA have a plan for what it would do if a UAP turned out to be a space alien? Mm-hmm. Like somebody actually asked right. um, uh, Bill Nelson, who's the NASA's like basically like administrator. He, he, simple answer, no. <laughs> they don't have any kind of crafted plan. Now, the government that has a crafted plan for a ton of things. Everything. I'm yeah. not going to say everything, obviously. Well, okay, <laughs> but, yes. but But a lot of things. But this, they have no crafted plan for an alien encounter at all. Because they're already here, man. Yeah. <laughs> you don't so, need a plan for when they're already here. So they were talking, but but it was funny. They asked him point blank. You know, they're like, you know, what would, uh, you know, do you have a plan if it ends up being a space alien? And he's like, no. But then he says, he goes, but the first thing we'd want to do is find out if it's a friend or foe. Thank goodness. Yes. Thank goodness we got these top-notch people. Excuse me. Are you friendly? <laughs> are you friendly? Am it, I coming in clear? Am I coming in clear? <laughs> you like chocolate? Oh, my God. I just. Yeah. Yeah. What I want to know is what. So they don't have a plan. No. And then they were basically. But the first thing we're going to want to do is find out if they're friendly or not. I think you know. you know that by whether or not they shoot. On site. Correct. Yeah. Or they don't use you as a meal. Also. Uh, yeah. Also yeah. a good way to determine. It's not just being shot. Yeah. You know. Are you being annihilated or ingested? No. Yeah. Probably yeah. friendly. But if they're marinating you, you might want to be careful with that. Yeah. 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 Well, so suffice to say, that's the Bell Witch. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yep. <laughs> they, uh, but no, they actually, it's a uh, tourist destination. You can go out there. They, uh, like I said, the, the website, bellwitchcave.com. Mm-hmm. There's plenty to do on that website with the Bell Witch. They got swag, all that stuff. And they point to the book that you mentioned. Yep. Which uh, you know what I'll I'll probably order that tonight. Okay. And I'll plow through that. You'll get no complaints from me. Try to get that done before the next podcast. And then we can do. Uh, which speaking of. Which oh quick update at the beginning. Episode yeah we'll do I'll do a update in the beginning. Okay. And uh, tell everybody about the book. Okay. How about episode forty? The Velisca Axe Murder House. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Let's get out of these little witch stories for a second, <laughs> aliens, and just get down to some good old wholesome axe murder housing. <laughs> it's been a while. <coughs> it has. How you doing, Hacky? Ugh. Your allergies good? Allergies are fine. Yeah. I just, that whole asthma reoccurrence from yeah. You struggle July. through it, though. Yeah. You know, yeah. you really do. You know what? No, what are you doing right now? Impressing the heck out of me. Yeah. Right there. Thanks. That's Thanks. from me to you. It means a lot. Good. Good. Yeah. Axe murder house and <laughs> I can't wait. Yes. It's uh We haven't really done any uh I I I gotta tell you, that was one of 
on my original list, that was like the fourth or fifth one down. Mm-hmm. The Velisca Axe Murder House. Yeah. Well, what actually, a freaking story that was. We did Amityville. That's the last story we've done. Yeah. That, that has some just legit murder. Legit murder happening. Well, we also had Sylvia Likens. Was she before or after? Uh, I think that was before. Could have been. That was right around there. Yeah. Which that was uh, that was more torture than murder. That was what makes you lose hope and faith in humanity. Yeah. Because that was a failure on every level. You know what I hope happened to her? <clears throat> Not Sylvia Likens, but... Uh, Gertrude. Gertrude. I hope what happened to Gertrude is this is where I think like this would be like perfect hell for her is that she actually is a kid being watched over by someone like her. Yeah. Yeah. Abusive person. Doing to her what she did to Sylvia. Endless loop. Oh, just groundhog's day for the whole like month, two months, just endless loop. And no matter what she tries to maneuver, yep. it's the same ending yep. every single time mm-hmm. until uh, until she. I'd be cool with that. Until she fully repents and you know just figures it out. I'd be cool with that. Yeah. I hope the demon that is torturing her looks like Sylvia. No. 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 So Sylvia's getting the one up. No, I think it should be that uh that husband that fucking took off left her. <laughs> that the dude who's to blame for everything? Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. at the at the end it's us dude's fault. Period. I mean everything. They're like right now, why won't he just fucking shut up and end the show? Well, I mean we can. Yeah, we could. Anytime we want. <laughs> we really can. Yeah, so we'll do the axe murderer's house, and then I'll read uh, the book for Bell Witch. Sure. I'll give a report at the beginning of that episode. Okay. Until then, number one. No Ouija boards. Two. No dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. No cults whatsoever. Nope including the cult of Lula Roe, because I watched that documentary. Yeah. Lula Rich. If you're interested, check it out. Amazon Prime, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's a good one. Yeah. What do we got next? The final one is no apathy. No apathy, yeah. And, And we're still... Yeah. Still plowing through that list. Yeah, still holding. I got a sneaking suspicion within the next three weeks we're going to be adding to that list. Maybe. I think so, because I know what's coming up. So do I. And there's one of them that I know we're going to put be putting an addition on there. Yeah? Yeah, I've been sandbagging it in my, uh, in my <laughs> bag here. <laughs> However. Fair enough. <laughs> thanks so much for listening to us and putting up with uh, our antics. Yes. I really can't appreciate how much you put up with my rants. I'm yes. sorry. I might have went a little overboard today, but I could promise I'll work better on it t- next week. But, eh, you know. 
You won't. I think we know where this is what going. What you see is what you get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we, uh, yeah, no, like I said, we still, we see the numbers uh, popping up and, and it just, uh, we're very grateful. I just added a new member to the, um, the Facebook, Facebook group, group today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Welcome aboard. Yep. And um, let's see. Any calls to action? Yes. I Actually, there is a couple calls to action. All if, right. What do you got? If I may be so bold. Lay them on me, Thunder. With the Halloween season coming up, these horror-type podcasts are starting to become more popular and popular because everybody's getting in the mood. Mm-hmm. So I have a few calls to action to the listeners. If you could do this, we'd be very grateful. As always, if you know someone directly, because word of mouth has helped us out a ton, if you could uh, spread the word about us, if you if you know somebody who's into the genre and stuff that we talk about, turn them uh, turn them on to us. You could send them right to our web page, ohthehorrorpodcast dot com, mm-hmm. where they can connect uh, through their favorite platform or listen right on the site. Yep. The other thing we'd love for you to do is to, if you're listening on a platform, to go over and give us a uh, a high rating with stars. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, five stars. A yep. comment would be wonderful, but you don't have to do a comment or a, re- a review. But right. if you could put the, uh, the full rating. star rating, because what that actually does is it helps us in, if someone were to just type horror, on the search result, it, it could pop us, us up. up there. Yeah. So that really would help us out a ton. Yes. We really would like you to do it. We're not asking for money yet. We're not mm, subjecting you yeah. to advertising. Yeah. So if you could do this, it really, really mean a lot to us. Costs uh, you nothing, but means means the world to us. In the meantime, I've uh, I've I've kind of put our name out to some podcast review uh blogs mm-hmm. and sites i've noticed some action that correlated with that if you're if you're a writer and you're listening thanks for checking us out and giving us your time uh we really appreciate it and sorry about our rant <laughs> and uh yeah as far as call to actions that would be it yep. just basically tell a friend that you know about us and if you could give us a a good five star or high star review on yep. your on your chosen platform we'd be very very grateful it really really does help us out a lot and uh with that being said have a great day have a wonderful week and make good choices take care <laughs>